What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode. This is episode number 11 of the Go Figure podcast. Leo Canel here with my man, Tyler Talbot. How are you doing? Doing well. A little more Hello. rested today. I can tell. Yeah. I can tell. Yeah, the baby Tom has been uh, sleeping better, so better that, that is good news. So today's episode, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk a lot about artificial intelligence, AI, the OpenAI chat GPT. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh, back in December, and we're going to talk about, is this something that we should all be concerned about? Uh, This is our transcendent topic, and so we're going to talk about, is AI going to replace not only blue-collar, but white-collar jobs? Is is, uh, the chat GPT going to be able to replace all these different things? Is it going to even potentially be a threat to your business? Or is it something that you can actually turn into an asset, not be afraid of technology, harness it, and put it to use and benefit in your business that's going to be the first topic we tackle today. What's next? Yeah, then we're going to dive into our money topic, and we're going to talk about in 2022, there were some changes, and a lot of people are going to be getting 1099Ks in the mail mm. that would not have previously. Yeah. Yep, exactly. All those uh, PayPal app things that you know you could kind of hide behind, they're, they're not going to be hideable, I guess. We'll Ty, Ty knows a lot more about that, so he's going to talk about that. And then sports, Ty's going to go ahead. We're going to pick the weekend's. NFL wild card. Unfortunately, the regular season has come to an end. No more red zone. But hey, the next uh, few weeks are some of the most exciting weeks in football. And we've got wild card weekends. So we're going to be making picks on who Ty believes is going to be coming out. And, you know, some smart betting strategies. We're all about smart money strategies, smart funding strategies for your business. And we certainly want you to make smart betting strategies for your sports betting. Absolutely. We'll break those down. And then the uh, the family section, we always like to talk about family. Uh, we're going to talk about, it's actually a local article from a, a oh, Utah newspaper, nice. but um, what family experts really hope Congress will consider. And they should. They A lot of the times it's only about, you know, very small, small groups of people. And, you know, for those of us, and, and is the majority, do have families they, they certainly should be taking that into account. Our mastery topic is going to be learning how to connect with Gen Z, whether that's employees who are Generation Z, whether it is your customer, your client is a Gen Zer. And if you just uh, pass this by and say, oh, these young kids, they don't know how it used to be and blah, blah, blah. You're going to be passed by and your business is going to struggle and you're not going to connect and have a great uh, team unless you understand this. So we're going to dive into that. Absolutely. And then uh, we're going to talk about non-competes, whether they're a good thing or whether they kill innovation. Absolutely. And there's kind of two non-competes. There's a non-compete with, uh, you know, you can't go work in another place because they, you might share secrets you learn from one place to another. And then there's the non-compete of actually, hey, thanks for teaching me how this business works. I'm going to go start my own now. Peace out. And so we'll talk about those two different uh, types of non-competes. Welcome to the Go Figure podcast created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. Let's get right into it today. Let's talk about our transcendent topic, which is will AI like a chat GPT 
replace white collar jobs, blue collar jobs, even potentially your business? Is this a threat that we should be afraid of? Is it an unstoppable technology that we need to you know, deal with? And so we're going to talk a lot about that. And I've been uh, researching, learning from a lot of different points of views, whether it's articles here and there from some of uh, the, the media out there or even entrepreneurs who have been unpacking this. And one of the guys who I really liked the way that he unpacked this and looked at all the opportunities, he just had a unique perspective was Alex Hormozzi. And so a lot of what I'm going to break down and unpack is something I learned, you know, watching one of his videos. But here's here's some of the interesting facts about this tie. So went from zero to a million users in five days, five days. Okay. It took Facebook two years to get a million users. It took Instagram two years to get a million users. Angry Birds, which was a revolution when it came out, took 35 days to get to a million users. But you're telling me in five days, this thing got a million users. How incredible is that? That Yeah, that, that is shocking. Um, and, and what's interesting is I, I wonder how much like the creation of Facebook and Instagram made it so that these other places like Angry Birds and like oh, yeah. uh, ChatGPT actually have the ability to get a million users oh, in five no days. Right, but no, that's great. I'm just shocked that Angry Birds was 35. I, I don't want to <laughs> distract us, but holy crap. <laughs> did did you fast. play Angry Birds? Oh, I did. I yeah. did. I was playing it. My kids, Dad, give me your phone. Dad, give me your phone. My, my three-year-old, my four, I mean, they were all playing it and uh, pulling it back and shooting those uh, birds and knocking stuff down. But, yeah, wow. that was... Yeah, we never got it. I, what's the get Candy Crush? Was, oh, yeah, yeah, the big Facebook game. Yeah, sorry about the distraction, yeah. but no, five days, a million users, that, that's incredible. Didn't it, Weren't they just essentially shutting people out, like telling you no because their servers couldn't handle they, it? They were. I think after five days, it would have probably gone to five million by day six or yeah. however many, but they literally was, you had to get put on a wait list. So you would put your email, and I don't even know if they emailed you back, but I think the demand was just so high. And even now, even right now, and you and I have been uh, tapping into it, asking it questions, learning as much as we can, utilizing this new technology. And even now, you'll go in to log in to OpenAI ChatGPT, and you may or may not be able to get in. It may say, sorry, we're building out our infrastructure. It's busy. There's millions of people on. Give us a minute. So you kind of have to refresh throughout the day to, to get on. But it is, it is remarkable, just the questions you can ask. And, and I think what really sets it apart is, is the human perspective, right? When you ask Google, when you ask all these things, it kind of spits it out in a, in a format that it's a technology, it's a computer, it's, it doesn't have the human touch. But this does, it understands that what have you kind of seen? What are some of the things that you've looked at and ask a question like, wow, I, I'm surprised that it gets that good an answer and from our perspective. Yeah, one, one of the things that I've found to be quite interesting with this is I, I've gone through different text messages that we have that go out automatically. Like if we're telling someone they don't qualify for funding, that can be a, an uncomfortable message to send. So yeah. I asked ChatGPT, hey, what's a good way, what's a good text message to send someone if they don't qualify for funding? What's interesting is I, I, I didn't like the first answer I got. So I asked the question again, like verbatim, the same thing, and got a totally different response, obviously same uh, along the same lines, but a totally different format, a different concept. And it actually meshed a lot better with, with the way we talk and our culture and whatnot. And I actually just changed all of our workflows to the message that ChatGPT created on the second time I asked the question. And guys, that's a value bomb that Ty just dropped for you right there, because 
The key to this being successful for you, for your business, whether you're in business funding like we are one of, or whatever business you're in, is asking the right questions. And so those people that are out there writing native articles about this, they're just asking the question in the wrong way and giving up and saying, ah, see, I knew this technology is shitty. It's not that good. And in reality, they just didn't ask the question the right way. And so you have to ask the question the right way. You have to, there's, there's, it's almost like Google, right? If you're on Google and you ask Google uh, to search something for you and you don't type it out the right way, it's going to give you content and answers that you don't want that don't help you. But if you ask it the right way, nine times out of 10, it will. And ChatGPT is even more intuitive in that regard. But if you don't ask it the right way in the right format, you're not going to get the answer you want. And so asking it the right way yeah. is the key. I think people need to realize, Leo, that it, it's not Google. And we've learned how to find things in Google by the way we search in Google. And sometimes it has to be a little bit more broad and we have to do more research, right. but you can get very detailed with this and you have to get detailed with this, right? Mm -hmm. It's same thing with human conversations. So. If I go to a personal trainer and say, all right, how do I get in shape? They don't know what to tell me, right? It, it, it's a matter of how do I get in shape to run a marathon? How do I get in shape to be a weightlifter, right? You've got to get that extra level of detail and that's what's going to spit out the answers and those intuitive responses that we're searching for. No question. So you got to begin with the end in mind. You have to be very specific. And that's what's kind of awesome about it. Because sometimes if you're on other softwares or other search engines, it's difficult to get the specificity that you need because the content's just not out there. But the amazing thing about ChatGPT is it's very knowledgeable about practically every subject, every business, every situation and it can add humor into it. It can, uh, I was watching uh, PBD the other day, and he said, uh, hey, ChatGPT, write me a song like Tupac would write it about this topic, and boom, it put it together. I was sitting uh, in my family room uh, with my wife, and she she's a, a big uh, volleyball player, and so she has these volleyball uh, leagues, and she had like uh, 25 ladies over who were part of her volleyball league for, for dinner, and afterwards, they were all sitting around in a group. I'm like, have you ladies seen this chat GPT thing? And they're like, they, they didn't know anything about it. So I pulled it up, logged in, and and they're and like, you know, we can even write songs. And they're like, okay, let's write a song about, and Jill's going to not like this, but uh, it'll be funny, honey, you'll like it. So <laughs> write me a song about uh, my wife, Jill, playing volleyball and her need to sometimes, you know, it's tough as your mommy with your mommy bladder to not pee your pants. And so I literally, it literally wrote out like three verses and a chorus about uh, Jill being a great volleyball player and how funny and how natural it is sometimes as a, as a mom of five that, yeah, your bladder kind of runs a little bit. And it was so Funny, and it popped that out in five seconds. And and uh, PBD, he did one. He asked about the Tupac, and it wrote this song, and it was rhyming. It was lyrical. It was this rap that Tupac and his style would have written. And so it just has this uncanny, but you have Wait to ask it here. the right Wait way. a minute. So you've got lyrics about mom playing volleyball and peeing her pants. <laughs> you've got a son that's literally studying music at the University of Utah. I think we need to. I think we need to make this thing happen. I think you're right, and he, he loves the electric guitar and and uh, acoustic. He plays the piano too. I mean, Roop can sing. Roop, I, Roop I, can I, sing. I think we make this thing right. happen. Francesco's great. Uh, Ariel's husband. He's yeah. He sings in Italian too. So that was pretty awesome. So one question that I do have, yeah. you'll probably you've done more research on this, yeah. but I did bring this up to uh, one of our our colleagues last night, Francois. We yeah. were working on an ERC deal. Mm. 
And he was saying, well, I'm just going to ask ChatGPT how to respond to this. And I said, well, hang on, because this was a very, very new change yes. the IRS yes, just yes, made. Yes. So if you ask ChatGPT, it only has data up to, I think, 12 months ago. So I said, you're going to yeah. get an incorrect response and you're going to tell the client something that's not true. So that's something you have to be very careful. Very Think true. If laws very are changing, true. legislation's yeah. changing, ChatGPT is only up to, what is it again? I think it was the end of December of 2021, right? And so you think about all the crazy stuff that went down in 2022. It may not have any knowledge about uh, the Ukraine-Russia war and all the different uh, things and, and sanctions against Russia. It may not know about the tax this, questions, this employee retention credit, new things that Congress passed, new taxes, new laws. And so that's super important to understand, hey, it might not have all the data for the last year. Now, the interesting thing is this is iteration number, this is 1.0, right? What's 2.0 going to be like 3.0? And I'm sure as time goes by and, and funding, right, I think they started out where Microsoft gave it a billion dollars. And then some of the founders, so so one of the big questions people have is who, who's behind this open AI chat GPT? Well, here's some of the initial founders, Elon Musk, Surprise, surprise. Why do you think this guy's not super worried about what's going on with his Tesla stock? Because he believes he's going to turn Twitter into a trillion-dollar company, and I wouldn't bet against him. And he's got uh, you know ownership here in OpenAI that owns ChatGPT. He's one of the founders behind that and put money into it himself. And they're already talking about giving them $10 billion. Microsoft is based on a $29 billion valuation. And so... This could easily become a trillion-dollar company, maybe multiple trillions in value because it has so many uses. So let, let's start talking about some of the uses, right? You've got legal documents. Uh-oh, attorneys. Uh-oh, my dad's an attorney. Um, but you still have to ask the right questions. But if you're already an attorney, you can ask the right questions. It can write legal documents for you, different motions and, and court documents, um, you know, corporate documents to form a business. It can create sales scripts. Very specific sales scripts in the business finance industry. Ties uh, asking you questions on, on how can we answer this this client's question or or put together a message that resonates that connects with them. And as long as you ask in the right way and you assess it, maybe you tweak a few things because uh, it's still maybe not hundred percent what you want, but pretty darn darn close. Man, it can really improve your sales scripts, your emails, your text messages. It can include humor with it. It can do it in different ways. You can repurpose content for social media. It's connected up with this software called Dall-E that does images. And so you can tell, well, hey, create an image like this or create an image with uh, Tupac. And it will do these cartoon or visual images in different formats and different locations. It will include even create uh, like people that don't even exist and and. And so that leads to other questions like, is it going to be able to do deep fakes? Yeah, probably. So you might be able to say, oh, there's there's a video with uh, President Biden, and he just said this and was able to tap into his voice and, and his uh, the way it looks and create that. And But wait, was that actually legitimate? So some of those, uh, those blue check marks are going to become real important to know if that's actually the real person, the real video, real authenticity is going to become a big question with this type of software. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see like how much this becomes part of our daily lives. Like, yeah. you can remember, I can remember before Google was like part of our everyday life. It was still 
new. We were still learning how to use yep. it. Some people still used AOL and Bing and these other things. Right. But it's like, whether you realize it or not, you're using Google all day, every day. And I wonder how much this will play a role in our everyday lives here. And that becomes like it's part of our language. Oh, just Google it. Google it. Google it. Google it. Right? Yeah. So we're going to probably start saying, oh, just GPT it. GPT it. Right? And we're going to start GPT and everything or chat GPT and everything and asking the right questions. Oh, you need to create this. Oh, don't worry. And, you know, obviously students. So a lot of people think, a lot of people right now are just thinking, oh, this is just something for college and high school students that's going to help them. And so you're already seeing different principles and colleges come out and say, if you use chat GPT, you're going to be kicked out of school and you're going to be in so much trouble. But if you ask the question in the right way, then there's other softwares that will take whatever chat GPT does and then put it in an even more human-like format. Or you take it and you customize a few things here and there and put your own uh, spin and take on it, then, uh, you know unless they're able to ask the exact same question that you did in, in your way. And then also, I mean, I, I don't see how they're going to actually be able to track that. Yeah, I have no idea. It's so interesting. one of my kids may or may not be using this who sometimes doesn't love school. So <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> She's loving it. Um, let's see what else. All right, so what jobs could this possibly replace? Well, if you start in integrating AI into the medical community, right, it's going to be able to ask all the right questions. If you ask all the right questions, it's going to have all the different responses. And it could literally have studied um, you know, all these different classes, millions of classes and videos and teachings from medical professors. And so everything that a doctor learned and has in their brain on how to think and, and you know, detect some sort of disease, well, it's not going to be able to compete with it. If, uh, chat GPT. There's no way. There's no way. It will have so much more knowledge. There will always be maybe something, some in between, like gut feeling, uh, sixth sense that a doctor learns with experience, especially something like surgery. But overall it's probably going to have more knowledge and more answers and more solutions and more not, uh, you know, actual procedures that they should do just because it's going to have a bigger database and know specifically where to pull from. And it's just much more accurate, I would say, than a typical search engine. A search engine is just putting your top results on there, hoping that they're the best results, and usually they are. But ChatGPT just has so much more specific knowledge to give you a specific answer, but you have to be very specific in your question. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like we're not that far away from at least like the the basic checkups, the basic physicals, the prescriptions, the things like that. Yeah. I, I feel like we're not far from. And so I think for a long time, AI has been like, oh, you know, it's going to replace all the fast food workers, right? Because it's going to be able to do it uh, quicker, faster, more effectively and efficient. It's not going to need to take a break. It's not going to be complaining. Uh, it's going to replace uh, drivers, right? And so all the truck drivers have this worry that, you know, eventually they're going to be phased out and replaced uh, or people who are in, you know, blue collar uh, labor jobs. But the fact is that OpenAI is going to have the ability to potentially replace everybody from attorneys to medical professionals, doctors, accountants, <clears throat> Uh, business professionals. Imagine customer service. I mean, we have millions of customer service representatives that answer questions that are, you know, live working at, uh, you know, the credit card companies or the banks or whoever it is, and they get tired, they get frustrated, maybe they don't have as big a knowledge base, but imagine plugging a chat GPT in who's listened to a thousand of these customer service calls, already knows what the best answers are. It's constantly learning and improving based on what's most effective and the best answer now. 
So a lot of people are seeing or are, are thinking that, hey, this could replace entire sales teams. This could replace entire customer service teams. And people are going to get to the point where, you know, you call customer service. And you're like, hey, are you really your AI? And they're like, oh, I'm AI. And you're like, oh, thank goodness. Now I'm going to get a better experience because the AI has more knowledge, more uh, solutions, can be quicker, more effective, perhaps, than a human. Yeah, I can't wait till the uh, the IRS is run by AI. That's oh, nice. shit. That's a problem. <laughs> That's a really good point. But at least it'll be more accurate. It'll be like, hey, this actually is, you actually did not do this part of it right versus somebody's subjective decision as a human I, I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing, but hey, it'll it'll definitely mean the more um, this AI is put out into society, it'll there will be less. So hopefully, it's accurate. I think it is. I, I think it it will be more. So far, from what I've seen, it seems very accurate. For everybody complaining out there saying, "Oh, it got this wrong, it got that wrong," don't worry. Give it some time. This is 1.0, 3.0, and 4.0 will be coming. And from what I've seen, I've been extremely impressed. Oh, yeah. So, all right. So, as usual, technology's come out. You know, TV came out. Oh, TV is so terrible. Social media came out. Oh, social media is ruining everything. And so you have always, it seems like, half the population that takes a position. Half of it's like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. It's going to ruin our lives. It's the devil. It's this, that, and the other. And then the other half that, like, adopt to it, make it work for them. So what do you think, Ty? What are the best ways that if you're a business owner, if you're in the funding industry, if you're um, you know, someone who wants to put this to use, what are the benefits and how do you think someone can actually put it to good use and benefit from it? Yeah, I, I think everybody that, that hates on things like this or hates on, you know, oh, the bank accounts or hates on social media or hates on Google, it, it's just fear. It's They're, they're scared oh. of having to adapt. And, and so I think the way we use this as business business owners, like we've talked about, is control what you can control and find a way to create your competitive advantage. Find out how you can ask the right questions for your specific business to gain that competitive advantage against your opponents. Absolutely. I mean, imagine being able to create a sales funnel in a specific way that it, it automatically creates the video, the content, the images, the voiceover, and the web coding. Like, that's also interesting you know, our uh, RIT uh, guy, our partner, uh, you know, my figures, it's uh, helping us build that out. Uh, Brock has been asking a coding questions and it is spitting out the correct code and therefore saving him a lot of time as a coder. So if you're, uh, you know, a tech team or you're building a fintech app like we are, or you're, you know, trying to build some software solutions, websites, etc., this is a huge benefit that you can use and it's going to give you a competitive advantage. And so at some point here very soon, I, I think I'm, I'm hearing things that it's going to have like a weekly cost of like, you know, and because it's so big and it's going to have so much reach and everyone's going to want a piece of it. I'm sure there's going to be different levels of memberships. And if you're a business owner, this is something that you need to go all in with. Now, the caveat to all of this is, you know, you, you think about the movie Terminator, right? You think about the movie Terminator and artificial intelligence and, you know, the matrix and technology takes over, eliminates humans. It's the, it's the bots versus humans. And at some point, there is some practicality and some concern with that. And so we, 
we hope and pray that leaders, that governments take the steps, and not even leaders and governments, but the, the people behind this. And, and Elon Musk has been talking about, hey, we need to be concerned about AI for a long time. I guess this is why, because he could see that this was coming down the pipe. And so you need to make sure, hopefully we've got great people behind it um, that are going to keep it at bay and keep it to where humans can control it. But if it reaches what's called singularity, where the AI has its own decision-making process and does its own thing, would it even be concerned about humans? Will it be like us and ants where, hey, these ants over here, I only care about them if they get my way. I'm not going to do anything. Or does it eventually, I mean, that's a question that we need to keep in the back of our mind. But at this point for right now, where it's at, it's not at that point. And, and I'm with you. We need to put it to work and help it to benefit society and everybody. And as, as different you know, things are replaced, this means more opportunities come up. And so the value you have to add if you're an employee is you need to learn how to use this. Because when you can use the technology, that's going to be the next job as it replaces other jobs. So this will create new opportunities, new jobs, and it's going to be how can you use the technology to benefit your business as a business owner or to do your job better as an employee. All right, guys, so that's it. It's unstoppable. It's fascinating, but don't put your head. And, and, and we were kind of talking about this. We were sitting down with uh, with one of our employees today, and one of our goals we have as a team this year is to get your money right. Like we want everybody to be able to get all their bad debt paid off, you know, any uh, credit card debts or education loans, things like that that are not making you money, holding you back. Let's get those knocked out and hopefully only have a mortgage, car loans, that type of thing. And let's save money, not to just save it, but to be able to invest it in a cash flow property business. Something that makes you money is building your wealth. But most people don't watch their finances. They stick their head in the sand like an ostrich. And I think that's what a lot of people do with technology too. They stick their head in the sand and, oh, I hope this passes. Well, it's not going to pass. It's, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have so many resources and tools that we can be alert and be aware and actually face this every single day so that we don't have to sit in fear and wonder where our money is. In fact, I just, you heard me on the phone with Chase Fraud Department today. Oh, yeah. Turns out for over a month now, I've been having these little $15, $10 transactions that I, I never, ever would have caught. Yeah. Like, I've just been paying my bill every month thinking it was some subscription I had. And then finally, they they tried to do a, a little bit larger one. And because I go through my my transactions on myfigures.com every day, I found that and I called Chase and they closed my card. But who knows how long that would have gone on if I didn't wow. have my money date and check my transactions. Absolutely. My figures app, money date, track that spending. And if you don't, if you have your head in the sand, you're going to miss a lot of things. And uh, that's why you've got to be in touch every every week and you got to be in touch with technology and harness it and put it to work in your business and be an early adopter of technology. If you do, you're going to benefit you know, really well in the long run. And speaking of money and technology and everything coming together, let's move into our money segment. This is a New York Times article, and it's uh, 1099s are coming. Ty, tell us a little bit about uh, this article and, and what's going on. Yeah, so there was a new update for uh, 2022 to tax law, so ultimately saying that any transaction over $600 through platforms like PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, they're, they're taxable. And you're going to get a okay. 1099K in the mail, and you're going to have to pay taxes on that. Um, 
And the, the problem is, yes, if you own a business and you do a lot of transactions through that, you, you probably should pay taxes on that. But there's a lot of people who, you know what, I used this Peloton. I bought it for $2,500. I used it for a few months and yeah. I throw it on classifieds and I sell it for a thousand bucks and you should not pay taxes on that. That is not something you should pay taxes on. But if someone sends money to you and marks it as a business transaction because they're buying something from you, you're going to get the 1099K and you're going to be expected to pay taxes on it if you don't report that report that correctly. So Wow, that, that's terrible. So think about it. It, it. In terms of a business transaction, you just paid 2500 bucks for that Peloton, didn't use it that much, unload it for a grand, you just lost $1,500, and now you're actually going to get a, a 1099 for a grand that you could be liable from a tax situation. So again, two, two types of people. One is going to have their head in the sand and just hope this goes away, and they're going to get slapped with an issue with the IRS and owing some taxes. The other is going to be very proactive and say, okay, great, if I got this 1099, well, hey, guess what? I've got a Schedule C. I bought this sucker for 2500 so actually I lost 1500 so actually I owe less on taxes. Thanks, IRS. And that's the way you have to attack and approach these things. You're going to be proactive in winning the money game of life. So fascinating. Um, so and be careful when you're doing these transactions. Like, Tell the people you're selling. If you're going to sell something that you're not using anymore, great. That's a, an awesome thing to do. But tell the people, hey, this is a personal transaction. I'm not a business. I'm not an entity. This is person to person. Mark it as personal. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So PayPal, Venmo, eBay, uh, Poshmark, and these are 1099s that anything over $600. And then also, I guess it uh, is connected with sellers who exceed 200 transactions and $20,000 in income. Well, annually. that was the old law. So that's oh, what just that's changed. So it used law. to be that if, if a seller did over 200 transactions or 20000 income annually, that's when they'd be having to report taxes on that. Oh, no. And they've switched it all the way down to any transaction <laughs> over $600. So it's Which, boy, that could be all of us. Oh, yeah. I, I think us. all of us are going to get a handful yeah. of 1099 Ks that we have had no idea about. Oh, so my goodness. get a good tax professional. You guys, it, yeah. it's, you know, if it's not overly complicated, it's five, 600 bucks. It's going to cost you a lot more if you do this incorrectly or if you ignore it and get audited over a little $700 sold my Peloton type thing. So get a tax professional, do it right. Um, interestingly enough, though, Zelle does not have to send out these 1099Ks. There, there's some weird loophole where Zelle is a bank-to-bank -bank network, and because of that, uh, they're not required to send it out. So they do kind of put a warning, look, if you use Zelle and you sold a product and you do this as a business, you, you need to report that, but Zelle is not required to send out 1099Ks. Interesting. I remember uh, talking to Nate like a year or two ago, and he was talking about some landscaping professional who was taking payments through Venmo, and he had like 70 grand in his Venmo account that he hadn't <laughs> counted as, uh, as business income. He's just sitting there, and I think he was using it for whatever he wanted to use it for. But interesting, there was kind of that loophole. Now that loophole's gone, kind of gone away. Now the other interesting thing is uh, the last uh, couple of years – there was big talk about, oh, all these crypto people, oh, so much in taxes. Well, those crypto people going to be showing some write-downs for 2022. So hopefully you guys are doing your taxes right if you had crypto losses and you can nullify those gains that the IRS was supposedly coming after you for. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, some and, and that that's another case in point, Leo. Like, if you ask ChatGPT, hey, I, I sold this product, how do I handle my taxes? Well, guess what? it's going to have the older data. It's going to tell you what you were supposed to do in True. 2021, and it's totally different now.
which is why it, you know we went through the information age, and a lot of people out there are now saying, uh, influencers are saying, now we're going into the trusted information age, right? And so that's why you have to have these people that are experts in different subjects, right? You have someone who, boy, have a tax expert like your dad who can help, you know, save you a ton of money on taxes. And if you think you're going to DIY this one and win doing TurboTax, you're sorely mistaken. You know, I love having a great tax professional and they've saved me so much money, time and heartache because they're experts at it. You want to have an expert in almost every area of life. You should have an expert that you trust when it comes to fitness and nutrition. I mean, you might not know them, but maybe you follow them on YouTube or you follow them online. You have a trusted professional uh, when it comes to financing your business like we do at Seven Figures Funding. You have a professional who helps you with marketing for your business or someone who you're learning about social media marketing or whatever the case is, uh, an app for your money like MyFigures. I mean, you have these these different tools, tactics, professionals, and influencers, people that you like, know, and trust and that's the that's what we're into. And so, if you're not building a personal brand, if you don't not building that trust with your audience, then you're missing a big opportunity. And you need to be doing that in 2023. Absolutely, this year more than ever, especially for businesses. If you got PPPs, EIDLs, ERCs, yes. do not do your own taxes this year. <laughs> do not, do not. All right, let's move into the sports segment here. We've got Wild Card Weekend. It is upon us. It was an exciting season, a memorable season for a lot of different reasons. Uh, again, the last uh, couple years now, we've had the uh, format where each team plays 17 games in the National Football League. And this weekend, we've got our picks here. We have got one, two, three, four, five, six games to pick. Three in the NFC, three in the AFC. Let's get started, Ty. Seahawks 49ers. The Seahawks were able to slip into the playoffs at the last second. Green Bay lost to Detroit. Boy, Detroit sure looked good. Boy, a lot of people happy they didn't get in because they were on fire. Uh, same thing with Green Bay. They were playing pretty well. But, boy, you got to take your hat off to Detroit. But Seahawks and 49ers, how do you see this one going down? Yeah, this this one's easy, Leo. It's it's not going to be much of a game. I, I think the uh... – 49ers could potentially score more points on defense than the Seahawks score on offense. So I I think that 49ers win by double digits. Completely agree. Ten wins in a row. The hottest team in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, and they, on fire. they match up really well with Seattle there. They do indeed. Easy. I still, I still, and I fight with my son Marks about this all the time, but I still take my hat off to Geno Smith. He ended the year yeah. with the highest completion percentage in the NFL. I just have so much respect for a guy who came in, didn't play that well, was a high draft pick, was uh, relegated to being a backup quarterback, and worked his butt off and came out this year and I thought played really well, even though his team is trending down and he hasn't played as well as of late. I was super impressed with him, but yeah, I don't it's, see it's going to be interesting to see what Gino does. This this is going to be his first real off season as yeah. the actual starter, getting all the reps, working with the guys. Because I mean, a lot of people consider their draft class to be one of the best in the last decade. Like wow. they killed it with their drafts. They I think they have five that are actually starting and started and played very very well. So I mean, they're 
younger than people realize it's going to be it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Gino does with an offseason. Yeah, no question. All right, then we got uh, Chargers and Jaguars. The uh, two upstarts, two young quarterbacks, Justin Herbert and, and a man, uh, T-Law, Trevor Lawrence, as my boys call him. He has played really well, though didn't play as well last week. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, two of the very young, exciting teams in the league. I... For this one, this is may go against what a lot of people think, but I'm going to say the competitive advantage in this game, because very similar rosters, yeah. the competitive advantage is the fact that the Jaguars are at home and the fact that they have a coach that has won a Super Bowl recently that, that made a run with a, an Eagles team that people didn't really think was going to go far that year. I think I'm going to take Doug Peterson and Jacksonville at home to beat the Chargers. I would definitely agree with uh, him having the edge as a coach. My X factor in this is going to be, you know, Austin Eckler and and especially Justin Herbert. I mean, there's just something magical about this guy that he just has this sixth sense to feel the pressure and move away perfectly. I'll never forget just watching a game where he literally went back to pass, and if he had taken his arm all the way back, the defensive end was coming right there to slap it, and he somehow felt it, stopped, moved forward, made a perfect pass for 20 yards, and... Just gunned it down the field. So that would be my X factor. I think I would honestly, I agree. I mean, the Jags have the coaching edge, but I'm going to go against you. I'm going to pick the Chargers to win this week because I feel like Justin Herbert, there is something magical about his ability to create and just win games just because he's so good. You know, what is? What are the odds on that one? I'm curious. Let's see what, uh, let's see what Vegas thinks. Who's, whose side is Vegas on? Oh, Vegas thinks that uh, Jacksonville will lose by two. So Wow. Um, well, I guess it, it's probably because it's at Los Angeles, right? No, it's in Jacksonville. Oh, it's in Jacksonville. Yeah, they won their division. So they're the oh, home team. Right. That's you're why right. That's part of why I'm taking them. So I'm, oh, I'm putting some money on that one. Do wow, bet as crazy. you will. This is not advice, but I'm putting some money on that This is not one. betting advice, so bet on your own. <laughs> but yeah. let's just say Ty's been pretty good. Who called the uh, national championship game? Yeah, that, that I mean, ago? the game itself was pretty easy. Yeah. But, no, but yeah, you, you I did. I placed like a that. Month ago. Yeah, I placed that bet six yeah. weeks ago, so yeah. it was a nice payout. All right, here we go. Your Dolphins <sighs> and the the Don't red hot Buffalo Bills, it. who have won seven games in a row. You know, sadly, Miami is getting a lot of key players back. Our line's getting healthy. Our secondary is getting a few guys back, but. Um, those of you that don't watch football super closely, we are starting our third string rookie quarterback. Oh my goodness! Um, Is he Brock Purdy? No, oh. I wish. <laughs> uh, and I, I mean, maybe if we had Shanahan, but uh, no, we don't. So, so it's uh, sadly, I I think the spread has Buffalo by thirteen, which is just ridiculous for wow. a playoff game. They're that giving Miami high. no chance. I I wouldn't be surprised at all if Miami covers that. I don't see us taking our third stringer up to Buffalo and winning. No, that's tough. Even if you'd have had Teddy Bridgewater going out there, I think you've got a real shot. Of course, I mean, the last time they played in Buffalo, we talked about this a few weeks ago, Tua had a great game. I mean, it was tied with very little time. Buffalo kicked a field goal to win at the very last second. I mean, it was super. And, and the time they played earlier this year, Miami won that game yeah. and looked very dominant in that win. No, I, I genuinely think if Tua was playing the way we match up with them, the way we can run on defense, I, I genuinely would pick Miami. But with, without Tua, I mean, this rookie quarterback, he he's good. He had a great preseason, but 
going from college to having to learn how to throw someone like Tyreek Hill open and Jalen Waddle open. He's just, you see him see Tyreek and his reaction time is so slow. Everything's a check down and it's just not going to happen. That's one of those things. You see a lot of new quarterbacks that get in the NFL and the game is moving so fast for them. It's not until sometimes that second and third year mm-hmm. where the game slows down and you know where people are going to be and you can read a defense and find the single coverage and the mismatches and throw your guy open because in college people are wide open. You get to the pros and those windows are very, very small. And so you have to be able to anticipate and find those openings in the defense. And if you don't, you're going to throw a bunch of picks. So, yeah, definitely, I would, I'm definitely uh, picking the Bills. The thing about the Bills. That is interesting. You know, you had that DeMar Hamlin thing, and thank goodness he made a – he looks like he's going to make a full recovery, and that's awesome. But the whole nation was praying for this guy. and Power of prayer, awesome to see that uh, happen in our country. But there's something – when something like that happens, I can see that being this catalyst that could take a team all the way to the Super Bowl just because of that one event. Yeah, it, it depends how they take that. It can It can either do that or it can become a – distraction where they're so obsessed with do it for DeMar, do it for DeMar, and it causes this distraction where they forget to focus on the task at hand. I, Buffalo's obviously a very strong team. That game getting canceled kind of screwed them. It did. Um, they would have been the one seed if they'd have won that game. And Yeah, I guess if they would have beat Cincinnati, which it, it's a very interesting matchup I hope yeah. we get to see. But yeah, I think we're going to. I think we're going to next week, bro. Yeah, it, I think we will. So I, I personally still think the Bills are – at this point in the season, the number three team in the AFC for my take, yeah. but it, it, I just because Cincinnati's just so good. You don't. I, it's it's playoff Joe and playoff Pat. I yeah. I think are better than than Josh Allen. Yeah. The interesting thing was, did you see the first play of the Bills game last Sunday though. The kickoff yeah, return. Kickoff return for a touchdown. I mean, I had goosebumps just watching yeah. that. I'm like there was something special. It was almost like uh, someone was describing it as like. Uh, Angels in the Outfield movie where the Angels are just, I mean, because you don't see kickoff returns for touchdowns hardly at all these days. Like, it's not easy. These kickers are kicking it out of the end zone, and these guys are so good on special teams now. So not only did they return that first kick, but they returned a second one in the second half. So I don't know. If I were if I were a bad man, I might put some money on Buffalo uh, that they might get to the Super Bowl, maybe even win it, just because I think there's something magical there. But time will tell. We'll see what happens there. And then we got our next game. We got Giants and Vikings. Yeah, I'll be quick with this one. I Giants are in a bad conference. The NFC got a yeah. few really poor teams in. There, there's no, I think the Vikings win this one pretty easily. Yeah, I agree. I think Vikings, it's going to be played in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, sometimes their defense is definitely questionable. Yeah. But that offense is so talented. And, uh, yeah, I definitely see and Giants have not yeah, been. Giants are well. missing a lot of pieces on offense to yeah, do anything. Yeah, they're injured. Okay, so we see the Vikings coming out there. And then we got uh, Ravens and Bengals. Yeah, like, sadly, Ravens thing. are also going into this with yeah. a third-string quarterback. Lamar's out. Huntley's out. So there, there's no chance. Yeah. They've got a strong defense. They may keep it. Somewhat low scoring, but there's no way they're beating the Bengals. No, Joe Burrow's just so good. And that Bengals, that Bengals team's been running the ball well. They've been doing everything well. They're well coached. And then uh, our, our last uh, final game, the game that you and I started the year off with, we were there at AT&T Stadium to watch TB12, Tom Brady, and the Bucks 
take on the Cowboys. The Bucks dominated them at that game. You and I were at that uh, game with Nate and with our wives. Uh, great. It was awesome to watch uh, Tom Brady. What an amazing stadium, AT&T Stadium, as Jerry Jones has built. But, what a, I mean, both teams are extremely different than where they were in week one. This is in Tampa Bay. Don't bet against Tom Brady. Yeah. What do you see happening? I mean, Pollard's a little, a little shaken up right now. There's it, the mental aspect of sports is so 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 important, and I think Tom Brady owns that right now. I I think I I don't I hate to say this one because the Bucks just haven't been good. They have not. But I don't see them losing for some reason. I I really think they're going to win this game, and I've been saying the Cowboys are one of the best teams in the NFL all year. The fact that they just happen to play Tom in the first round and have to go to Tampa Bay, this just screams disaster for me. Yeah, I, I completely. I boy, and and what are, what are the what are the odds on that one? Uh, Cowboys by two and a half. Oh, so really close, but given the Cowboys the edge, and I think you have to say at this point they're a better team. Clearly, their record's better. Tampa has not looked good. Tampa's defense actually has not played that bad the last uh, four to six it up weeks. A lot, and their They're Bucks good offense. Against the run. Bucks offense has been terrible all year long, and as much crap as people say, oh, Tom Brady's playing terrible. If you look at his stats, his stats actually aren't that bad. Yeah, I think he's at like thirty and ten on touchdowns, interceptions. Two weeks ratio. ago, he went for over four hundred yards and was accountable yeah. for I think four or five touchdowns. Like he's he's hitting playoff Tom status. It's that time of year something just shifts. I you know Mike you know McCarthy's tendencies to to choke in the, the yes. playoffs. Like it's yes, yes, it's yes. a recipe for Cowboys. disaster. If I was a Cowboys fan, I'm I'd sure be Stephen A. Smith is all over this saying, oh, shaking Cowboys in their are cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah. Cowgr- yeah. Uh, so who are you taking? I'm taking the Bucks. Okay. I named my son Tom for a reason. We're, yeah. we're going Tom Brady I, and the Bucks. I think it, if they can stretch the field, when they made that playoff run and made it to the to the Super Bowl and won, they were stretching the field. There were times where he would hit Mike Evans long, even that uh, little Miller guy long. If he can stretch the field so that they're not playing so tight on the first 15 yards, they will absolutely win this game. And betting, you can't bet. Well, and Dallas has become so dependent on the run game, which is great to have a good, strong run game, but... That's the one the thing Bucks the Bucks have Vita defense Vita does inside. really yeah, they well. They can stop the run, and I think they that's can. why they struggled so bad week one. But yeah. we'll see. I'm excited. I love the playoffs. Oh, man. I'm going to be in Portland in freezing rain watching my son play soccer this weekend. So hopefully we can catch a few games. We will be home on Monday to uh, sit down in the theater room and watch uh, the Cowboys and Bucks play. So I'm super excited about that. But I'm kind of bummed. I know I'm going to miss yeah. some of these games here. But it's it's a great weekend. All right, guys, family topic here as uh, we uh, get to the end of the show here. Family experts hope Congress considers these things. Ty, what's going on? Yeah, you know, for the sake of time, obviously, we'll, we'll kind of go this, through this these here. This is a here, local article. For yeah, me. this, and, and we're in Utah, so, of course, the, the family articles, everyone has a big old family here. But uh, um, some of the things we really, well, family experts really hope yeah. that Congress considers, number one, uh, they're saying we desperately need financial support for childcare. Yeah, um, which I mean, you know all about. Yeah, this. It, which is it's expensive. I'm just 
having my eyes open to this. I, I've always heard about childcare issues, childcare yeah. issues, and I never really understood it. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, wow, I, I do get this now. Like a lot of people, it doesn't even make sense to work because there's by the time they paid for childcare, they're taking in a couple hundred bucks a week. Yeah, and it's like, tough. it's ridiculous. So I, I mean, with some of the stuff that money's going out to, I, I do definitely think there should be like income thresholds and more, Childcare, or at least tax credits and tax advantages for those that do have to pay. Like I, when I was talking to my dad about my taxes, I said, "Well, hey, I paid this much for childcare and this much for my nanny," and he's like, "That doesn't do anything for you." And I was kind there, of blown there's away. No, there's no deduction at all, no benefit on your taxes if you have childcare. Then I, I guess once you hit a certain income threshold, which oh, if you is like pretty make quote unquote a little bit more than middle income, whatever that is. Yeah, which by the time you then pay that, it takes you way down into that lower. I mean, I I was pretty blown away. So I I definitely think there there does need to be something better with the child care system that motivates people to get jobs and get out there and put money back into the economy. And and this is where a lot of the, you know, people and, and pundits who criticize our government spending look at something like this and say, what the hell are we doing, right? We've got these veterans who served our country. They come home. They're not taken care of. They aren't given the opportunities they need. They aren't given the health care they need. We don't take care of them, yet we can send $100 billion to Ukraine. We have parents who are struggling, and they need to work two jobs to be able to pay the bills, and they've got to put their kids in child care so that they can go work, and there's no benefit for them to do that because they, quote, unquote, are above whatever the, the poverty line limit is. And so we can spend all these billions of dollars, even trillions of dollars on all these different programs and things, especially outside of our country, but we can't take care of our parents, our single moms, and our veterans who have real needs and real child care costs and real health care needs who served our, our country, who lost limbs, and that, to me, makes no sense. See, and, and my thing with this, Leo, I don't think that because I had children, I should be entitled to get a check every month for $2,000. That's a handout. Nothing's going to change there. But what I think should happen is because I do bring citizens into this, this country, I'm, I'm yeah. helping with the population problem because we are having children. If we're willing to go out there and work, maybe instead of taxing us at a 20%, 30% tax rate, give us a tax break for these children way more than like a $1,200 deduction or whatever it is. It's nothing substantial. It's, I mean, it, whatever it was, I didn't really notice much of a difference on my taxes by having a kid last year. So population is a real problem. You know, for decades, and I, I talked about this a little bit uh, two, two days ago in our previous episode, how for decades, oh, the planet's overpopulated, we're ruining the planet we have too much population, yada, yada, yada. And yet, and yet, many countries are in huge trouble. China's population is projected to go from 1.4 billion to like 800 million in the next 60, 70, 80 years, and that's going to be a huge problem. Because all of those older people are supposed to be taken care of by younger people, and they're not going to be able to do it. Europe is in that exact same position. Russia is in massive trouble. They're going to go from 130 million population to 70 million and going to be screwed. And our country is no different, right? We are now below the threshold of creating enough, having enough kids in our country to actually maintain and grow our population the only reason we're going to not be screwed too bad is because we have the best country in the world, contrary to what many uh, you know 
uh, pundits and people who like to criticize America will tell you, and because we have the best country in the world, the best model, and capitalism works, people are continuing to immigrate to our country, which saves us. But if we really want to make sure we're in a good position, we really need great people to reproduce and have kids. And if there isn't enough tangible benefit, and this is where the government can come in and create programs to incentivize people to have kids, which benefits the country, which means more tax revenue for the country, which means better everything and more stability in the country while all these other countries are losing population. And that's that's the trends. I don't see that changing anytime soon. There needs to be programs to give you guys an idea in the country of Hungary, which saw Europe, Europe's in trouble, France, Britain, Spain, Germany, all these countries are not procreating enough. The only way they're going to make ends meet is if they get more immigration, which may or not may not be the best people immigrating to the country, unfortunately. So it may not actually lead to more productivity. But the country of Hungary started giving away twenty to thirty thousand dollars to people who would have three kids. Because three is the magic number. If you have three kids, you are helping the population to grow and be able to just maintain itself. Because the other problem that happens, all these baby boomers are retiring. And so Gen Z and all these other generations not big enough to be able to create enough productivity tax revenue to pay for Social Security for the boomers. And so this is, this is a reality and the government needs to get on this and take their their head out of the sand like the ostriches and start putting together programs that incentivize people to have children. Because if you don't, we're not going to have a population to support future generations. We're not going to have the tax revenue to take care of all these programs that we have. And people will not be incentivized because, let's be honest, it is tough having kids. It's the most rewarding thing you'll ever do. But having them and managing and taking care of them and finances, there's got to be programs to help. Yeah, and what, what's scary and the reason why I say I, I would prefer something like a tax credit type yeah. strategy is when you start to do these handouts, which there are a lot of handouts out there. And I think there are a lot of people that need them, but there's also a lot of really, really lazy people that don't want to work, that don't want to contribute to society that say, you know what, I need, I'm hungry, I need more food, I'm going to have another kid so I can get more groceries. Mm-hmm. Like There's people having kids to finance their lives that never work and it, it, that's that's the other side of it and that's where there's a problem yes a lot of people do need financial support for their children but let's contribute and help those that are actually contributing to society and working and paying taxes by a much larger larger tax credit if they're and that's the problem with most government programs like there has to be accountability that's one of our themes this year in our company is we are making our team and ourselves much more accountable in 2023. And boy, if there's ever been an organization that needs to people, make people more accountable, it's the government. Yeah. You can't just have free handouts. There needs to be requirements and things that you do. And if you're trying to get a child care credit, well, my goodness, I hope you're working 30, 40 hours a week. So you're working hard in your job to justify that child credit, that child uh, care credit. And you're not just trying to live off of Social Security and Medicare and all those different programs without actually working on the job and the income situation, 
boy, what if you have kids and you're starting a business? What kind of programs do we have? I'm not aware of any, right? Yeah. There should be special programs if you have kids and you want to start a business in this country. We still don't have enough to support business owners, small business owners, and especially those who start a business, who have children. There's so many great principles and values that your kids can learn from watching you work hard and grow a business. And so, yeah, I'd love to see more programs. But like you said, it can't just be a free handout. There's got to be requirements that you are showing you're doing your part to bring value to justify that. And these thoughts that we just Mm -hmm. expressed here kind of go into play with all of these. So some of the other things, I mean, create your own opinions on these, right? But uh, some of the things that they hope Congress will consider, obviously financial support for child care, giving parents better tools to protect their kids online, which I think is great because it's getting scary out there. Uh, They want to talk about medical paid leave and how valuable that is for families. They want to prioritize upward mobility, like bring more opportunities to low-income kids so that they can see how they can actually climb out of that. Um, More protection against unstable, unpredictable work schedules uh, so that parents can spend more time with their families and whatnot. Free school lunch and, again, child tax credits. So those are some of the things that that if you are very, very pro-family, a lot of family experts are really trying to bring to Congress. Well, amen. Yeah, I, sh- I sure hope in 2023 Congress, our local states and senators and, and so forth, work towards those things. All right, guys. Well, time is ticking down here, and we've got uh, two topics to choose from, Ty. We've got uh, learn to connect with Gen Zers or non-competes. Do they depress wages and kill innovation? Which of these two topics do you want to tackle? Let's save the Gen Zers for next week and let's bring Ben in for that one. Good call. We will bring that one in for our Tuesday episode. It's going to be a good one. All right. So our freedom topic is non-competes, depress wages and kill innovation. This is also a New York Times study. And uh, the New York Times article says that non-competes can be like handcuffs. One in five Americans are found uh, bound by a non-compete, and the article is es- essentially saying that because of these non-competes, it is keeping wages down, salaries down. People are stuck in a non-compete, so they are unable to get uh, promoted and get a job raise. And this is kind of interesting, this article, because everything I read in 2022, and tell me if you saw something different, uh, was that it's the great resignation and people are jumping from job to job because they can get a few extra dollars here and there at this other employer who's willing to pay them more. And that seemed like that was a huge trend in 2021 and 2022. And now it feels like maybe that's going to change because there's you know layoffs and uh, job losses are seemingly picking up. And as that happens, then maybe the, that's not quite the case. But what's, what's your take with this article? I, I kind of feel like, in my personal opinion, non-competes. Now, there's outliers. Like, if you're blatantly stealing proprietary data, things like that, yes, you're going to get in big trouble. But overall, I think non-competes have kind of become nothing more than scare tactics. Like, we're in a right-to-work state. You, you cannot go after someone who goes and gets a new job and has a better opportunity, right? I, I think non-competes are kind of scare tactics that I don't like, that I don't believe in. Obviously, if someone's stealing your data, stealing your softwares and taking it to other companies, yes, they should be held accountable and get in big trouble for that. But, you know, I, I, I do think that overall non-competes do scare a lot of people and do halt a lot of innovation 
and do make people think that, oh man, I have this awesome concept, awesome idea, but I'm not going to move forward with it because I don't want to get sued. I think a lot of that does occur, sadly. Yeah, no question about it. For me, there's two types of non-competes. There's the non-compete where, well, you're working at our fintech or our funding company. Therefore, you're going to sign a non-compete that for a year, if you leave us, you can't go work with one of our competitors because you're going to steal our secrets and tactics and yada, 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 yada. And that, to me, is kind of like the old adage of you've got some, and we see this every day, Oh, I'm starting this new business, this new tech, and it's this unbelievable idea. You need to sign my non-disclosure NDA agreement. And they're all super excited. And when you get up to as higher levels, like we're going to be, you know, meeting with venture capital companies this year to raise millions of dollars for our, our fintech app. And, you know, at, at that level, they don't give a shit about your NDA because everybody has these ideas, but ideas are worthless. Execution is everything. And so it's the same idea I think with your employees, like for us and our previous company, our other partners are all about, everyone needs to sign a non-compete so you can't go work somewhere else and steal our secrets. And here at our company, we don't have that. We don't have a non-compete in that regards because if we aren't doing our job and providing the best opportunity and the best culture and the best environment for you to thrive, then I don't deserve to keep you as an employee, right? (laughs) It's like we talk about every single week, competition is healthy competition is good it's something that needs to occur and if if i have an employee that thinks they can leave and go do this and do better do it good luck completely agree completely agree um now i will say there are differences like if you you have the right person and you've literally shown them the entire business model and they want to go out and compete against you then i can kind of understand a non-compete uh there but even then it's almost the same thing (laughs) like good luck man yeah good luck good luck Go for it. Good luck to you. Uh, it's not going to be that easy. We have busted our balls to have, you know, a thousand five-star reviews on Google and serve business owners and entrepreneurs at the highest level. You think you can do better? Good luck to you. If you think it's going to be better and the grass is greener down the street, good luck to you. I almost, I'm, I'm at that point. So we, I don't even worry anymore about, oh, you better sign our real complicated employee contract. It's like, hey, we're going to do our job. We're going to do what we say that's up on the wall. And if you do what you say and, and you're here to win and serve people at the highest level, you're going to do well. And uh, if you think you can do better, good luck to you. The, the only one I can kind of see is like with a specific product. Like you you have the, the, the Google engineer that was designing right. that self-driving semi and yeah. was getting very, very, very close on Google's dime. Tons and tons, millions and millions yes, and millions investment. of dollars spent on the products, yeah. the investment, the knowledge, the salaries. And then he gets upset with Google, jumps ship, goes to Uber, and takes all of everything he just created on Google's dime wow. to Uber. Yeah. That's the type of situation that, yes, yes. they should be held accountable. But what, but what sucks is that halted serious innovation. Yeah. So there's both sides of it where, yes, they should be yeah. held accountable, but I wish that could still come to market now at this yes, point. Yes, I do too. I do too. Progress, technology. So at the end of the day, there are certain things. Hey, if you're making big investments – in somebody, into a product, into a, something that you're building, then then a non-compete makes sense. Like they can't take your stuff that you spent all the millions of dollars on. That That's not right. But also for 95, 99% of employees, like you should just be creating the environment. And, and then there are those people that think that they can, you know, that they're going to, the grass is greener somewhere else. And a lot of those people are finding out that, oh, 
the grass wasn't greener. I can think of some of our former employees that did exactly that. And, oh, shoot, the grass wasn't greener. And once you've left, you can't come back. And those are not employees you want anyway, so it's okay. They gave up on you months ago. (laughs) They gave up on you months ago. Kick them out. Wish them the best and bring in some people who match your values and principles. But, yeah, never never burn any bridge, but never be afraid to say, hey, great, good luck. Go go over there. You gave up on us months ago, and uh, good luck to you. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the show, guys. So make sure you guys are, are taking action, building your business. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a thumbs up. Uh, type in the comment box. We will respond to those comments. Uh, we look for those to answer questions or bring those up in the middle of the uh, podcast. We are getting this show on all of the podcast platforms. So in the next uh, week or two, you'll be able to look up Go Figure in, in Apple or Spotify or Google anywhere where podcasts are, you know, displayed. So the Go Figure show will be there. Uh, we'll also be uh, shooting out more of these short videos. And so if you found value in the show, if it's something that's helping you as a business owner to get your money right in 2023, share the show. Um, you know, we're not running a bunch of uh, ads and stuff here. Uh, we're just trying to deliver value and help you succeed. So share the show. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure Podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your debt worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure Podcast.